Our towns are the heart of America. Some say they're gone, moved on, or simply faded away. But there's a new American town on the map. It's a town with a big heart and an even bigger ambition. A town where modern progress meets rich history, where the arts meet innovation, and where companies meet community. A town that you can explore with all of your senses, from the fresh air in the Ozarks to the fresh cuisine on your plate. That town is Bentonville, Arkansas. A town to visit, to see, to breathe, and to discover. Visit Bentonville, a new American town. Hi, everyone. Jen Cousins bringing you episode one of A New American Town. Before we get started with the full podcast, just a few fun facts about Bentonville for those that are new to the area. Bentonville, Arkansas was incorporated as a town in 1873. The primary source of economy was agriculture, mainly apple trees. We had the largest number of fruit-bearing apple trees of any county in the U.S. In the 1930s, we brought poultry and dairy as economic factors. Tourism was a factor in the, even in the early days as it helped support the local economy. Part of the appeal was the location, being in the foothills of the Ozark Mountains along with the fairs and festivals that we held. The heart of Bentonville is the downtown square. Designated as a park in the original town planning, the town grew up around it. In May of 1950, Sam Walton opened the Walton's Five and Dime on the square, which is now home to the Walmart Museum. Walmart has then become the number one retailer in the country. Bentonville is one of the fastest growing communities in the state with accessibility from I-49. Today, Bentonville is the ninth largest city in Arkansas and has quickly become a tourist mecca. We are privileged today to have Kayleen Griffith, president of Visit Bentonville, in the studio with us. Welcome, Kayleen. Thank you. Thanks for coming in and for championing this podcast. So I want to start with a question of what is a new American town? A new American town is it started from we hired a group out of L.A., Swirl, and they started visiting with our community and with our community leaders about what is happening in Bentonville and what is going on. And what we found is that people were talking about the history of Bentonville, but they were also talking about what was new coming into the area, what was the most important things for them, such as a lot of people were using one words like charming, sophisticated, innovative, um, exciting. Um, and so what we're seeing is that we've kind of seen that it was the sophisticated spirit meets this hospitality, uh, the charming hospitality, which then in turn became this new American town. It was kind of like we're all one. We're, we're still this small town feel, but have become this new and exciting destination for visitors and our local citizens also. Fantastic. I, I often hear people refer to it as Mayberry meets New York. Yes. <laughs> Mayberry-esque is kind of the word that yes. I've been saying. Mayberry-esque. It's very Mayberry-esque. Yes. Um, so tell me a little bit, what is Visit Bentonville? Uh, Visit Bentonville is a tourism bureau for the city of Bentonville. So our job is to promote and advertise our community as a destination for the visitors outside of our community. Fantastic. So I just want to clear this up a little bit because it sometimes gets a little confusing. What is a tourism bureau? So uh, there's a lot of different definitions there. First and foremost, it's a destination marketing organization that allows you to promote and advertise 
to the visitor outside the area so that we bring them in and we are able to generate dollars through hotel stays and rest people that are eating in our restaurants. And so what it ends up being is it's this circle effect that we can invest back in by promoting and advertising, but the Tourism Bureau is the one bringing in those folks to your area that spawn the economy and have that economic impact. Fantastic. So you've been at Visit Bentonville for a few years. Yes. Almost 13. Almost 13. (laughs) Almost 13 years. So you've seen a lot of changes and have seen the growth of a lot of things. What do you think is your number one accomplishment? I think uh, when I started 13 years ago, we were a three-man organization that really focused. We were kind of irrelevant to what was going on. We just did advertising. Two reasons for that is that we were uh, mainly known as the destination for Walmart, the home of Walmart. And so our tourist was a business traveler in a suit with a briefcase. And so our focus was really about seeing if we can get those to extend their stay or be a pass-through to visit the Walmart Museum, because that was the, and Compton Gardens and Peel Mansion. Those were the three attractions that we had 13 years ago. And so the main thing for those were that we were trying to get that to we didn't that group of us the three of us just did the advertising now we've become a full force organization that has a great sales team we have a fantastic marketing and promotions team and we also have an events aspect of things and then we've added on bike bentonville and some other things so we are a team of uh, a 10 of us nine or 10 of us at a time that are really focusing on uh, promoting the city as a whole and a great destination experience fantastic that's really exciting So one of my favorite things in Bentonville is in the wintertime when Lawrence Plaza becomes an ice rink. Yes. Um, In the summer, it's the Splash Park, but the the ice rink is really exciting to me. And I have so much fun skating out there or attempting to skate out there. Um, Tell me kind of how did that come about and what part did Visit Bentonville play in that? So it would have been 12, 13 years ago uh, when I started, we were bringing in a temporary ice rink to go into a parking lot every year. We were investing between uh, seventy-five dollars to $100,000 annually on that. And after about three or four years of that, we were uh, sitting with a group of our commissioners and we were talking about what things that we, we should invest in to give back to the community, but also create a destination for the visitor. So we started talking about the ice rink and how can we build a permanent ice rink that would be going in the winter months? Well, what we said, what what a way we would be have a wasted space the other, I guess, eight to nine months of the year. So what we started to look at is we looked at a one that was in Boston and they had the splash park in the summer or fountains in the summer and then had an ice rink in the winter. So we started to see if that is something that we could do in this area. So um, our commissioners led by um, a group of us plus myself, we started doing our uh, evaluation and started figuring out what the cost and uh, impact would be. And we invested back into it and we felt like it's a great opportunity opportunity for us as a tourism destination to create that destination of the ice rink splash park 
and we felt like it could impact our local citizens and also our visitors, but yet have this really cool feel in our downtown area, given that this different kind of experience. So people would come ice skate on their first date, ice skate and uh, go to a restaurant or a restaurant and ice skate. So they have that great experience that they're going to walk away and talk about. And um, our first year, we had people coming from, I think we had 12 different states that um, experienced that first year. And I think we have more than that now. And I know that there's, you know, 25 to 30,000 people that go through that ice rink annually. Absolutely. It's so much fun. Yeah. Even if I end up on my rear end most yes. of the time. <laughs> if we can keep the weather uh, not so warm at the beginning of it, because it does, uh, the weather is, has a little bit of an impact on us, even though it's being frozen from the bottom. So it's good. Is that how it works? It's frozen from the yeah, bottom? There's, uh, yeah. There's coils in the concrete that keep it cold. And those coils are used in the summer to do the splash part. Well, that's fascinating. <laughs> I actually didn't didn't know that, and I wasn't sure how it worked, but that's really cool. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about a few years ago, really looking at that business guest and that business traveler that was here coming to Bentonville. What's the opposite of that? We have the leisure guests. You know, six years ago when six years ago when Crystal Bridges opened up in 2011, I guess it would be seven years ago, 2011. We had that dynamic of having that leisure visitor that comes in for much more of a full experience of uh, going to our attractions, eating in our restaurants, experiencing the outdoors, going to the museums. So we have this full full type of destination. So that leisure traveler comes in for that. That business traveler might add it to their package uh, or add it to their trip, but they're not going to be, that's not the reason they come to the destination. And that leisure traveler chooses your destination to come and have a full experience. So leisure traveler, when I'm thinking about that leisure traveler, I think of families. Typically, that's where my brain goes. Mm-hmm. But but it doesn't have to be families, no. right? It's no. single people or couples without children or older parents or things like that, right? Yes. I guess that's probably the greatest part about our job. It has this fun opportunity that we get to cater to all from uh, the the older adults, uh, my parents, uh, or my niece and nephews that are young and they're, they're young families. Um, plus then almost so my siblings that are single and uh, are looking for an, a great experience. And in, even in those millennials that they're focused on the experience and not the product or, or not the, the stuff, they're focused on the, uh, the experience. So what we're wanting to do is we have those experiences on all levels here in Bentonville, from our restaurants and our evening experiences to our uh, museums that they can go to on a daily basis, to the amazium for the youth and the family. Um, and then Crystal Bridges ex- creates that experience also for a family with their children's area and some of their educational opportunities. So we have the full experience for all is how I we've kind of focused on. So... You talked a little bit about that millennial guest that's coming in. What could a typical experience for kind of that age group and and others of us that may not be millennials but but enjoy those experiences? What what would a typical evening look like for them? 
first and foremost, I think Bentonville has this cool and it has this really hip personality that's going on. We're very progressive. So I think we have these great museum experiences that are catered to those things, not just by walking through the museum. Some of the other things that they have created, the programming at some of our museums and our destination experiences from 21 C's tours and uh, curating experiences to Crystal Bridges and some of the programming. Um, And then our restaurant experiences and the chefs that we have are top-notch. They're state-of-the-art. They have this farm-to-table opportunity that you get the full experience there. And then if you're wanting to wrap up your evening with an, uh, a just music or just going and relaxing and visiting, we have plenty of places that are doing that. From the music scene, it's evolving. And uh, from just having a relaxing evening, there's many destinations that they could go and sit and visit with their friends. Yeah, the music scene here in Bentonville is new. Yes. Um, And as someone that enjoys that, I love finding a new group that's playing at a bar or a restaurant or over at the Meteor or at 21C. It's There's always something. Right. Always something happening. Right. And the music for us, the nicest thing is the most the most recent is the House of Songs that has opened up recently in, the, in here. And uh, we've created this kind of new experience of bringing people from outside the area, being songwriters that get to experience the, the Ozarks and the foothills of the Ozarks and our hip, cool uh, town, uh, and they're writing about it. And we're hoping to see some of those things evolve in the future that also create this experience. And then we also have some of our local songwriters and people that are starting to have our get this really cool vibe here. And I think we're going to see some really awesome things in the future. It is the growing part of our tourism market, but we're we're super excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I- I can't imagine if I was a songwriter and to be able to sit in this world and look at the beauty and feel this energy that comes from this town yeah. um, and be able to write about that. It, yeah. It's really exciting that House of Songs is, is coming and that we're embracing those songwriters. Yes. So you talked a little bit about the about the culinary scene here in, in Bentonville and talked about that farm to table and really some of those developments of those restaurants. It's actually one of my favorite things. And one of the (laughs) things I've watched develop over the last few years, going from not having a whole lot of places to grab a bite to eat that weren't a chain to some things that now are a little interesting and things that I wouldn't have thought I would have tried. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that and the chefs that are here and how that works? Sure. We're we're fortunate that uh, the opening of Crystal Bridges has spawned this opportunity for restaurants. And uh, what is uh, wonderful about us is we we do have some of the chains and those type of restaurants that are catered to different people. But we also have this local eateries and local dining experience that people have invested in to open up their own restaurant and have these wonderful chefs part of that experience. So we're we're seeing that is that our restaurants and our chefs have invested in something and it's a love for food. And we, of course, you know, I love food. You know, I'm not a foodie, but I love food and I'll eat it. I'm so uh, not a foodie either. <laughs> <laughs> I just eat. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but I think those chefs, uh, so we, we have some really phenomenal chefs like Matt McClure, that's a James, James Beard, a, a nominee. And then we also have uh, Chef Rob Nelson and uh, we, you know, Chef Matt Cooper. And some of those guys have really invested in creating this full experience at their restaurants that have 
starting from the farm to table, but they promote it as a farm to table. And they've created this high South cuisine. And this high South cuisine is taking a local Southern dish and kind of enhancing it with, with their own take on it and elevating the experience of that food and that food experience that they're going to have, uh, that I'm going to have and you're going to have. And that you walk away going, wow. And it, you're talking about it. And so what's happening is people are talking about it and they're choosing us as a destination for just to come here and experience the food. They're not coming just for Crystal Bridges or just to see the Walmart Museum. They're coming here because they, they've heard about our food scene and that culinary scene. Um, but most importantly, just recently in the last year, Brightwater, which is the study of food, and it's part of the Northwest Arkansas Community College. And it is a state-of-the-art culinary school that is teaching people the art of food, and which I think has even put us on the map more as a destination to have a full experience. And we can do so many things with them by allowing them to create experiences for our travelers, for our locals. and um, But we're also investing back into our community by hopefully those guys will be able to go out and get jobs within our community in the culinary scene. Yeah. Brightwater, it's such an interesting concept as well. Oh. Like where and where it's where it's located and converting a plant. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's such a great use of the resources that we already had. Sure. Yeah, it was a Tyson plant that had been sitting empty for a few years. I I don't have the exact number, but they created this and they renovated it, but they have Brightwater as the center of it. And so it's the study of food is the center of it. They have Bike Rack Brewery that's a brewery, and they've used the grain from the brewery to make the bread. So it's a partnership with the restaurants that are opening up in there from uh, Markham and Fitz that's a chocolate I mean, I'm just going to say everything chocolate, um, which is fantastic from chocolate martinis to chocolate cake to you name it, they're making it in some type of chocolate. And then we also have Yayo's and it has this uh, experience of Raphael bringing his home and he has a farm here and using that experience and the food to really do it. But most important to me is that they are taking their experiences and their successes in those restaurants and educating the students on how to do that and what they've done. So all of a sudden, they've become part of the curriculum for Brightwater. Yeah. And training those future chefs or or bakers or whatever. Restaurant, restaurant owners. owners. Yeah. They're they're going to be part of our economy and bringing even more places yeah. here in yeah. Bentonville, which is absolutely awesome. Yeah. So... I talked a little bit earlier about how this was founded as an apple community. Like there that was the primary source of the local economy. What would you say is different between that apple community that was founded and today? Well, I think most important to me is that we still have something that that Apple community have. We still have that small town feel that when I'm sitting in a restaurant, I know the people that are coming to that restaurant. And so that really that charming hospitality has not gone away, even though we've grown by, you know, we've almost tripled in size from that uh, that experience. But we still have that small town feel. And people feel that when they come into our community. But I think what we've created is we've created some, and I'm going to say big city amenities that you wouldn't have in a small community like we do with Crystal Bridges, uh, the Museum of American Art, the Amazium, it's a children's museum, to the Walmart Museum. There's history, there's education, 
it's kind of what our found, our community was founded on. Then you also have the history of the Peel Mansion and Compton Gardens. But you've also created this big city amenities from a movie theater to an ice rink to the food scene to what's happening in our community. And we, we can't – you can't uh, take away from that community involvement and that investment. And I think that's the most important for us is that it still has that small town feel and that charming hospitality, but yet has all these big city amenities that – we don't have to leave our community to have a phenomenal experience. So one of the things that that has happened here in Bentonville is this growing bike scene. I have now owned a bike for the first time since I was 12. And it's a necessity of enjoying part of the, the scene that's happening here in Bentonville. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that continues to grow and expand? Sure. I'm going to give just a little bit of history on that because of it It was kind of our first chapter of that was in about 2007 when we created uh, five miles of trails with land that was donated to the community. And uh, now we have over 200 miles of trails in the region. And so my favorite part of our trails is that we continue to build on them, but they're so diverse and they cater to so many people like you and I that are just now getting back onto bikes and starting to have that experience. But they have all levels. So they have that experience that you and I can get either on a paved trail uh, throughout our community and even throughout the region, or we can get on the single track trail and experience it. But of course, we're going to probably do the more ebb and flow kind of trails, not the drops and jumps and obstacles. Oh, no. But <laughs> I'm not no. doing those. <laughs> exactly. Not yet. <laughs> but those are the kind of trails that what uh, is bringing those folks into our community is that they can come as a family. They can come with their wife. They can come with their friends. They can go and everybody can go do their own thing and meet in one spot afterwards so they can go ride the trails that are easy for the for the children or for the wife or they can be the wife that is doing the jumps with their husband there's these opportunities for them on all levels of all experiences uh, for everyone to cater to and we have some of the best trails and of course it's being published everywhere so we love that um, so we're really excited about that but what what it also has spawned is our another side of our culinary is that it's Food trucks, you're seeing lots of food trucks because those cyclists, they don't want to stop. They want to stop in, stop and go to a food truck, get their experience. But it's also created these breweries and these pub type experiences and that casual cuisine that we really have fallen in love with on all levels from a cyclist perspective, but even from a local perspective. So we have uh, Peddler's Pub that has this great music opportunity, scene, biking. It's focused on the bike world. Uh, we have Bike Rack Brew. We have Core Brewing. We have Bentonville Brewing Company. We have Oven and Tap that is right in the downtown area. We have, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, Butcher and Pint. Butcher and Pint. <laughs> sorry, I needed a reminder. That's right. Butcher and Pint. But we have, uh, you know, all, and there's there's major chefs with those from Chef Luke Wetzel, Chef Travis that's going to be at Holler that's opening up soon. We have some phenomenal experiences for that cycling opportunity. And we partner a lot with our surrounding cities because cycling is an ever-growing opportunity for Northwest Arkansas from uh, the, the rail yard, the bike park that's in Rogers to Back 40 that's in Bella Vista that has a 40-mile loop and a 30-mile loop and even 
even a 15 mile, you know, opportunity and experience. And it's got all these levels that uh, every cyclist can come for multiple days to experience it. Um, but I think our best and most loved part about it is it's got this urban feel to it that you're right in our center downtown city that we've talked about already that you can get on your park downtown, go ride your bike. You're on a paved trail within a quarter of a mile. You're on a single track if you want. There's opportunities for them to ride for a while, come back, eat, drink, and be merry. And I think that's a really cool thing for the residents and the locals here as well. Not just people coming in, but, you know, I can hop on my bike at lunch and ride down to Peddler's and grab lunch if I want. Or if I have a meeting across town, I don't have to get in my car. I can get on my bike and ride across town. And that's really, it really does have that urban feel to be able to see all those folks biking around with their bags in their baskets or whatever to to run to meetings or yep. or to grab their lunch and then after work go jump on that single track if they want. Yeah. I think that's the thing in the mornings when I'm driving to work sometimes or uh, if we're riding to work sometimes. You're seeing all these people. Some of them are in suits riding their bikes to work. So we've become this uh, walkable, bikeable community that I think has really drawn for the quality of life. So it's not just about tourism, but it's also created this tourism uh, that we that continues to grow and evolve as we uh, keep growing with our trails. Absolutely. And the... The food truck aspect of it, I just think is fascinating because it's something that we didn't have a few years ago either. And when I would be downtown, there were a couple of restaurants to go eat at. And now if I don't want, especially on a beautiful spring day, if I want to walk down and grab lunch at a food truck and sit outside and enjoy the park and just enjoy kind of the the beauty of downtown or any of Bentonville, then I have got that. What are some of the food trucks that are here and available or that are looking at it for the the spring even? Well, uh, of course, we have Yayo's that is also has a storefront. They started as a food truck, so it's a, that's a wonderful story as itself. Crepes Paulette is a is another one that has a has a food truck and now has a storefront. So there's some stories there. Um, we also have Trick Dilly, and there's a ton of new ones coming out that I don't even know all the names to. But we probably have I want to say between twenty to twenty five food trucks in. Bentonville throughout the community. And there may be a few more than that. Uh, but that that's the last li- list I, I think I saw sitting on my desk at some point. So <laughs> but trying to keep up with them, um, because they are the nice thing about them, they're mobile. So they can come and set up and stay if they want to. Or if they have an event or something that they want to go to, they can. Uh, and we we're we're continuing to grow as that food truck destination. And it also works because we are the home of Walmart. You have, uh, I think it's like, Almost 20,000 people that come into the community that do not live here, that come into the community and work for Walmart and are looking for places to eat. And they want a variety. And now we have this variety compared to what you said earlier, where you had one or two places. I think in the downtown, we have around 16 to 17, including food trucks that you could go and eat at and have a variety of options. And have a variety of options in in terms of cost, as well as style of food and what's going to be my plate and if it's this long experience that I want to savor or if it's something that I want to get and go. Right, exactly. So we've talked a little bit about culinary and that culinary arts scene. What about with the art scene that's coming up? It's so growing here in Bentonville. And I know part of that came with 
with the opening of Crystal Bridges, but I just see this town embracing even more from the art scene and a lot of local artists that we might not have noticed before, and now they get to come to the forefront. You want to talk a little bit about that and how that's growing, especially the public scene? Sure. Uh, So... I think, and you said it best, is that uh, Crystal Bridges opened a door for us in the sense of the art and that there's people that love art and have been doing art. They just were not doing it here locally. But our city leadership and our community and even the developers are embracing art. So we've asked, um, and they see a value in it. I think that's the most important. But people in the art field are moving here. So that creative economy of those artists are moving to this area. They're seeing a value in it. But now we're able to show it by putting in, investing and putting in public art into our parks, to our city destinations, through partnerships, through public-private opportunities. But even our developers are starting to say, hey, what can we do to when we build a property, what kind of piece of art can we put that has a great uh, connection to art? So you're seeing murals go up on buildings, um, and they some of them they're associated with Bentonville, and some of them are not, which that's what is the love about art is we, we, we can all love art. We appreciate art. doesn't mean that we have to fall in love with every piece, but we do have this fantastic public art. I think uh, we just are getting ready to create a map because we've had so many new pieces come up and people are unaware of them, that I think we have 48 pieces of public art in Bentonville that I would say that uh, five years ago, we probably had less than 10. And if, if and then you may correct me if I'm wrong, but no, uh, I think that's right. I was less than 10. And when you said that number, I thought, oh, wow. Yeah, that's it's true. Yeah. <laughs> so we have this really cool experience. And um, and I think we're going to see some really cool stuff come up in the next two years uh, because of the opening of the momentary. And so I do think that we have some phenomenal opportunities. Uh, but mostly, uh, I have two young children that are not young anymore. They were teenagers. But when Crystal Bridges opened up, I mean, we would go there and hang out. They can talk about art better than I could have ever talked about art when I was 12 15, 17 years old, they have an experience that most kids do not get in middle America. And I think that's the most important thing for us is that we've introduced art as a value to our locals. But it's also, you know, of course, my job is it's all about the tourism. And our goal is to bring more people in and uh, Crystal Bridges and Amazium and the Walmart Museum have created exhibitions that continue to bring those people back, reoccurring visitors. And that's what we value most. Absolutely. Um, so you said something that I want to just jump back on because you were talking about your your children and creating that world where art is part of their everyday life. And I think for me, one of the things I noticed with Crystal Bridges in particularly, and then all of this public art and and then the growth and the embracing of art here in Bentonville is that we've created a vernacular almost for our children and for other children where it's it's part of their everyday life. It's not something new and it's not something that is off in a faraway, untouchable place. And with all the studies that are showing about how much that impacts like their creative thinking and problem solving, what an incredible way to give back to our community in that way. Yes. I think that's probably being that Bentonville is my home. I value that 
probably more than anything is that my kids were introduced to something that I probably would have never had that opportunity to if my parents hadn't introduced it by doing traveling, but they got it every day. They would go in and talk about it. And I think I realized it when my 12-year-old, my son, when he was 12, he's 19 now, we were walking through and he was telling me what era every single piece of art was in and why it was that way. And it was from the way the train was painted, from the way that the art was made. So his experiences from history that he loved and the art classes that he took, he was learning from it. But then he could go out and speak about it. And I think we we forget that sometimes, that it gives them something that they would not normally have in a, an everyday uh, experience like that art museum and how much that has impacted our community uh, from a growth perspective, but also from an educational perspective and creating that value to it. So we're talking a little bit about art. So I want to uh, I want to talk about 21C just because their gallery is such a different experience than Crystal Bridges. Yes. Um, let's talk a little bit about that and what their – so their 21st century art, yes. hence the name 21C <laughs> Museum and Hotel. What about their gallery is different or similar to Crystal Bridges? I think uh, Crystal Bridges takes you from the v- very beginning of art – to the contemporary artist. I think the 21st century really focuses on those 21st century artists, that modern, contemporary, more kind of that experience. They, they, they There's a lot of touchy-feely. They're, it's it's more about that being able to uh, really kind of embrace that and uh, step into that art in some way. Um, but, you know, 21C was created uh, as a museum that has a restaurant and a hotel. Um, and and they're, I think, if I remember correctly, all of their artists are living. They focus on bringing their artists in and creating this really uh, opportunity for me to visit with the artist, hear about why that artist, what it, how that art has impacted them, and why they've done some of that art. And um, they usually change their art about every six months. And it, I'm saying six to seven to eight months in there. So you're getting a couple of exhibitions every year and a couple of different types of exhibitions. So I think that they've created this kind of unique experience that started in Louisville and we uh, went to Cincinnati and Bentonville was the third. We are the only, uh, we're not the only, but right now at that time, we were the only one that was a new build. Most of them are rebuilt from old buildings um, of some type in, in an area, but they're really invested in what's going on in the community and they really work with the community from the very beginning and how they can partner together. And so 21C uh, has created this boutique hotel feeling in our downtown. It was the first hotel in our downtown at this point, and right now it's the only hotel in our downtown. Um, and it is probably one of the uh, eye-openers that you get to kind of go in and experience in their art. And every time I walk in there, I see something new. And even if I've walked through the exhibition, I will go back and I will look at it in a different way. Um, and I think so. You you have this really great experience that 21C has created for the visitors. But even if you're going in for dinner, you have this art experience all the time. There's an art experience. There's always an art, art experience. I was there for lunch one day and um, I had gotten up to walk up um, and pay my check. And I went back to the seat where my the rest of my party was, but my seat was taken up with the penguin. Yes. <laughs> Um, and so I think I think that just contributes to that experience in in that hotel yep. and in that restaurant because I 
was like, wait, my table, my seat is taken. <laughs> I have a green penguin. A green penguin. And that's kind of one of the things that each city has identified themselves with a color. And I think that's kind of what's the best experience is that I've been to Cincinnati and they had a red penguin at my door when I checked in. And so all of a sudden you you have this fun experience with that penguin. And then, you know, other people have had it where it's sitting in their shower when they open their shower curtain. <laughs> so there's this whole opportunity uh, for you to really have some fun with your friends while you're there. Um, and it can be fun with your family or it can be with your friends. It can be with your spouse. You'll have a great time. Absolutely. It just, it always floors me when I walk in there. I never know what I'm going to find today. So we talked a little bit about House of Songs and that music scene. We have something that happens here in Bentonville in May, um, which is the Bentonville Film Festival. And that is such a interesting thing to start here in Bentonville, especially when it began, we didn't have a movie theater, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was the big headline. Yeah, that was the big headline, <laughs> is the National film festival with... In a town with no movie theater. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now we have one. Yes. We have one, which is a phenomenal addition to, to Bentonville. So talk about the Bentonville Film Festival a little bit and then what that has sparked in terms of film and production here in, in Bentonville. Great. So uh, the Bentonville Film Festival is just one of those things that you, you, you know, when it when they knock on your door and say, hey, we're going to do a film festival here, you, you can't. You can't even imagine what it would look like. And uh, Trevor Drinkwater with ARC Entertainment and Walmart and their marketing team have really come together to create a full experience from the film festival. What what I love about our film festival is that we are the only film festival that guarantees production for those artists that win. And I think I want to say that they had 47 to 50 films last year that we uh, showcased and had some I can't even fathom the ones that have, you know, w the winners and where I'm getting to see them. And when I turn on the TV and I go to the on demand and one of our film films that were in the film festival are on the on demand, that's when I know that we, we've hit we've had this opportunity to really showcase arts. And that's the performing arts and the visual arts. Um, we're not just a museum destination. We're also uh, an opportunity to create other opportunities for the art and that creative economy. What's great about it is there's a lot of partners that we've created an experience for the full family uh, from the, the sponsorships. And they have some uh, – it's really about women, though, and diversity and highlighting those uh, artists within that. And Gina Davis has been a – along with Trevor Drinkwater, have really – that co-founders of this have really spawned that talking about women and diversity and what's happening in film and how do we help elevate those uh, diverse opportunities for uh, for us, for women, uh, for women leading ladies, for directors, for uh, writers, any of that. That is really probably a value to me having a daughter. Um, but also there's that diversity of showcasing uh, what else there is from just that typical movie that is coming out. And we're, we're able to showcase that here in Bentonville. What has been the funnest part of this, and I guess are more fun. Um, <laughs> the funnest. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> is uh, that, that it's created that people are starting to want to produce films here because they see that Mayberry-esque, that feeling and that uh, sophisticated and that charming hospitality. And so we had our full feature film uh, last year that has filmed here 
called Freddie. So we're really looking forward to that coming out in the next year. And then uh, we're also getting people that are just coming in and wanting to do certain things in the region. I think that they've announced the True Detective uh, with HBO is going to be filmed in the in the region. It's not just in Bentonville, but it's in the region. But we've kind of introduced uh, some things that are happening, which has then spawned some production companies that are starting to come to the area because there's more going on because of the film festival. So you think it's this film festival that's going to come to your community for three or four days, but it also creates this economy. And my favorite part of that is that uh, two of the people from L.A. came for the film festival. They bought houses here. Uh, you know, the week later, they bought a house here and they come here often and they they still live in L.A. because that's where their primary business is, but they're here often. So you're seeing that creative, um, the economy that's creating here by offering these festivals and these experiences. So it, it, it does cater to our citizens, but it also creates that tourism element to it. For sure. I, you talked a little bit about the film festival and and women and championing women and diversity um, through that film festival. And I think for me, it always stands out where Gina Davis had said, if they can see it, if she can see it, she can be it. Yes. And I think about that um, every day. There's something that I do every day that I think if she can see it, she can be it. So am I going to be showing her what I can do? And whoever that her is, is. it may be a little girl on the street that sees me riding my bike, or it may be a little girl that's listening to our podcast today and going, you know what? I want to do something like that. It, it doesn't matter what that thing is. Right. And the film festival really champions that within the film world because of um, really trying to grow that, that female perspective, which exactly. is just fascinating. And I've <laughs> noticed it then more in everyday life. Yeah, because of my awareness from the film festival. Yeah, and I think Gina Davis. Uh, I, I was able to hear her speak a couple different times, and I was in awe of where uh, talking about how men were featured in films and extras were featured in films, and the number of women and what the drastic number of differences probably opened up my eye. And, and looking at how do we cater to that, and how do we help that in our? How do I help that personally? Like you said, if she can see it, she can be it. And knowing how can I create that and push people in that that direction of what do you want to do and there's people out there that are help that are there to help you. So I think the film festival is phenomenal. It's a great addition to our community and I think it's going to open up doors for us uh for years to come. So I kind of want to wrap up this this with a final question. Um but before I do that, <laughs> we have a few Fun little rapid fire questions to get to know Kayleen Griffith more. Are you ready? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> just a few, a few questions that just to let everyone know who you are. What is your favorite meal here? My favorite meal in Bentonville. In Bentonville. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, my job is to promote and advertise all of the ben the restaurants. So. <laughs> But if you if I went down to it, um, every single restaurant that I go to, I have a favorite meal. Um, it's very, very uh, uh, probably from uh, the and sometimes it's not a meal. Sometimes it's the appetizer that you get to have that experience. But they laugh at me because I do go to a lot of the restaurants and I order the same meal because I'm in love with that meal. So I could go for hours. We'd be sitting here for days. But I there is food is my favorite. I will I can eat about anything and I'm ready I can 
on the menu, there's always something that's my favorite. What's your favorite smell? The smell of the ocean. The smell of the ocean. I could sit on a beach all day long. <laughs> what fad or trend do you hope comes back? Ooh. <laughs> you know, Side ponies. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not many skirts. No. Um, I would, you know, I, I feel like so many of the fads have come back from, you know, I wore, you know, in high school was 501 button fly jeans. I mean, I, I lived in those. And I think about is that that's not a trend now because it's the miss me's and the different types of jeans that are coming out. And uh, so I would say that something more relaxing, something that I could uh, probably, uh, um, you know, sweats, if I could wear sweats to work, but that was never a fad. So I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Okay, so you have seen a lot of change here in Bentonville. Mm -hmm. What excited you the most or what excites you the most of what's coming up? I think the excitement for me is that, um, you know, when I moved here 12 years ago, we were sitting on our back porch and we said we found home. We didn't find a house. We found home. And I think... I don't think that has changed for us after 13 years and it was population was 20,000 or 21,000 and now it's almost 50,000. That hasn't changed for us. We still feel that intimate connection with the people and with the experience. I think the the excitement for me is there's opportunities here that my kids are possibly going to move back here to live, work and play. And I think that probably continues to keep me excited that my family all moved here. So I think that if I can keep my kids close and their families close, that's important to me. And I think that Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas has created that opportunity for my family. What song did you listen to last? Oh, it's a new one. I'm so excited for this one. Say Something by Justin Timberlake and Chris Stapleton. <laughs> it is awesome. I, w I sing it now all the time. I'm not singing, but in the car by myself. It is amazing. So... Great choice. Yes. <laughs> what piece of Bentonville history surprised you the most? I think knowing that I didn't, I knew about Walmart, but I didn't know the history about Walmart. Walmart as a whole and Sam Walton's philosophy about, and I'm not going to word it exactly like Sam does. He's way more eloquent than I was. But it is more about how they have talked about what they do for people and the how they give back to the communities. Um, and it's not just uh, in Bentonville, but it's all around. And it's a really about what Walmart, his philosophy of how important it is to give back and what Walmart does as a whole to give back to the communities throughout the United States and internationally. And I think I was not aware of that before I moved to this community. And that to me was, it was impactful to me, but also inspirational to me. So that leads me to my next question. Who inspires you to be better? This was a tough question for me. I mean, I have, you know, my parents are inspire me to be better. I think they've done that for me since I've been young. And my dad passed away. And so I'm always emotional when I do this. But both of my parents have been very impactful and, and make me be a better person from teaching me the way I should be, but also asking me those tough questions when I needed to. And when something tough would go on, I'd call my dad and say, what do I need to do? And he, we'd sit and talk about the the good things of it, the bad things of it, and the direction I need to go in. And my mom does the same thing for me. And also, they're not afraid to tell me, hey, that was dumb, or that was, hey, you're doing, a, you're, you're moving in the right direction, or where are you doing? And I think that's important to me. And they've inspired me to be better. And then I think that my kids inspire me to be better, because I hope that I raise them 
in a way that my parents raised myself and I need to be the person that I need to be because I need to teach them to be better people. So I think those are the two two things. My parents and my kids, you know, inspire me every day. So thank you for playing along and answering our <laughs> our questions yes. there. I want to wrap up today's podcast in this first episode with a question for you. And that question is, why does Visit Bentonville do this podcast, A New American Town? I think we want to introduce our community to other people and have the phenomenal experience of that sophisticated spirit meets the charming hospitality and have that full experience of coming to our community and being part of it and going back and talking about it. But I think most importantly is we love here. We love it here. We want other people to love it here. Uh, live, work, or play, all all of those above. Because Bentonville is a destination for the traveler, but it's also a great place to live. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kayleen, for coming in and and being our first guest on episode one of A New American Town. Your work with Visit Bentonville is just inspiring to me. And to be able to watch all of the changes that are happening here and be able to bring those to the people that are listening to us, as well as the people that are here living here or working here or playing here, it's really a phenomenal thing. And the things that you and your team are doing are are really inspiring. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I have a great team. I couldn't do this without them. So for episode one, this is Jen Cousins, and we are signing off. So that's it for our first episode. You're in for a great year. Make sure and check us out monthly. You can download, subscribe, share what's happening. Thanks for listening.